All right. Hey, welcome back to the Gopher CEO channel. My name is John the Bomb. Building others means business. You know, I love my acronyms. And this guy that's coming on, you know, uh, not only acronyms, but just just ways of doing things in the entrepreneurial space. So Gopher CEO, you know, stay tuned today. Subscribe to the channel, by the way, if you haven't become a subscriber. And, uh, you know, you're going to get some impact in the first few minutes here. The adaptive entrepreneur model was created by this guy. All right. He's also one of the partner partners of AGLX. And uh, just a super stud. I was introduced by uh, one of my other interviewees, Steve. And, uh, you know, super pleasure. We're actually kindred spirits. Uh, we're Puerto Rican in background. <laughs> stuff, so you see the hat on him. So yep. uh, we say, Primo, what's up, man? <laughs> Welcome to the Go for CEO channel. Buenos dias, Primo. Que tal? <laughs> <laughs> que bueno, que bueno. So, all right, man. So, hey, Mark, you know, we're, we're, we want to jump in, man. I mean, uh, you've done some incredible stuff, obviously former military, just uh, incredible mind in the business world now, doing some incredible things. You know, one of the partners at AGLX. Uh, you know, tell the, tell the audience here what they can get in the next first few minutes here of the impact that you're making for business. So great question. When I, I was active duty as an officer in the Marine Corps for six years, and when I stepped out into the business world, I had a brief stint in medical sales about 15 months. And then I got into the asset management world. And that's where I met Steve Luckenbach, who you had on uh, the show recently. And going through, I, I, I entered that business in 05 before I uh, left. And now I'm with AGLX, as you mentioned. When I got into 05, coming from a military background, you know, I knew a lot of principles and you know how to conduct myself in a in a, in a chaotic complex nonlinear environment how to lead and influence others in a you know chaotic complex nonlinear environment and at the time 2008 you know we got to that everything just went to to heck as you know in that in that in that time and I thought that that was really my my moment because I just I was more active. I was going into more places. I I, I wasn't running into competitors in 08. I felt like a lot of people were were avoiding going into uh, branches of financial institutions, which were where our uh, where our clients were. And I started gaining more context of what I had been trained in the Marines as an officer to lead people through that. And I started digging on theories that we had been uh, taught on how to think, on how to identify things like friction and get comfortable with things like uncertainty and understand uh, the intent, you know, the purpose of what had to be done and then translating that into mission. Mission is the what, intent is the why and, and mission is the what. And then showing people that this was their moment when, when, when everything is bad and, and chaotic and, and there's a lot of uncertainty and, and the news was bad every day. And if you remember those days, you know, the market's up 500, but then it's down like 900 the next day. I mean, it's just going all over the place. This is where I thought that leaders should be. This is where you should be more active. This is what they're hiring you for as advisors, or this is what they're hiring us for as wholesalers. You know, we're supposed to be out there now in the in the bad times influencing people and leading people um this is where we would make our our difference and i think it worked for me um but what it sent me on this path was going back and really examining what they had taught us because i was trying to figure out like why am i so comfortable here like why is this chaos not upsetting me like it is like it is other people and i i started to realize then that markets were just like we're fighting. It's a different uniform. Uh, it's a different set of uh, um, VUCA. You know, the term I use a lot is VUCA, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity. It's the same exact thing. It's just there's no shots being fired. You know, there's no, uh, there's no incoming artillery or anything like that. And the nonlinearity of it, you know, the unpredictability of it, the, the sudden change without warning, it just, it seemed to me that when, when, uh, when I had left, Everything I'd been trained for in the Marines perfectly correlated to what I was doing in the in the business world. So I started taking notes and writing these things down. 
Um, I went back and I finished my master's. I had started my master's degree in the Marine Corps. And then I went back and I finished it in, uh, in economics. And I started tying uh, some of the, the theories of what we learned for a warfighting environment, trying to tie it into how, how can I sell myself um, as a partner to firms, but more as a consultant, helping them with ideas that no one's going to, no one else is going to talk about and ideas that are pertinent that are, um, you know, they're going to see me as a resource. They're going to see me as a partner because I'm, I'm putting skin in the game with them in the sense that I'm going to go through it with them. I'm going to help them. I'm going to show them that, um, there's a, there's a different way and it's going to center around how you lead and how you make, how you make decisions and how you conduct yourself in, uh, in chaos or, or VUCA. So that's oh. a, that's kind of a wild uh, explanation, but it's, it's actually, it's really, you know, the formula is pretty simple or not. I, I don't want to say formula. The, the, the framework of thinking is simple. It's not easy though, um, but it is simple. And then that's what I do now full-time with my uh, teammates and partners over at AGLX, um, and it, which is also a, a group of thinkers and, and practitioners that have been doing this for uh for many many years in the business world so uh that's what that's what i'm doing now <laughs> what an incredible ride i mean you know you know the military teaches so many fundamental things i think you know every every man woman and child uh, you know in the united states especially should go through that process uh, unfortunately i did not uh but i've always admired you know kind of the 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 stable you know things that you know are kind of the things that are just implemented right in the brain right and and processed by guys like you then come out you know you've noticed over the last five ten years there's a lot of navy seals out there sharing there's a lot of mm. marines sharing you know and it's it's really neat to have the military come back into the civilian world and share some of these processes because i think so many of us need it right and learn from it uh having been a business owner through those times of 08 i actually sold my business that i had uh so i exited in 2009 early uh, but it's funny when you said kind of you were trying to think you know how how is it that i'm so stable or kind of calm in this chaos uh i felt very much the same way so it's interesting to learn from you here you know if vuca then uda right Take it in order to process. So why don't we walk down then that next process, yeah. right? OODA, O-O-D-A. What does that actually mean? And how can people keep on you know, learning from what you're sharing? Well, let, let me start by adding on to what you just said. One of my big thesis, um, my, my big ideas is that you don't have to have spent one day in the military to learn these principles. Hmm. The, the military is where, where I learned them and the military is where a lot of them were discovered and and that's because when you think about it, people in the military are are put into adverse, volatile, and uncertain, mm -hmm. complex, ambiguous situations daily. And my my point is that I can teach this to anybody. And people say, "Well, it doesn't apply to me. I'm not, I was in the military." I'm like, "Well, if you like, I'll bring my 14 year old daughter in, and she'll explain how she uses it for her field hockey team." That's and awesome. yeah, so it's simple. It's it's not easy, but like again, my my argument is that my let's say argument, but my thesis, you don't have to have spent one day in the military to learn these things are universal. And when you as a leader, as an entrepreneur, um, when as an athlete, as anything, anybody um, can do this. Once you once it clicks, you'll start to look at things differently. And in most cases, I'm not going to have to pull the rug out from under anybody. It's going to be refinements on how we look at what we're dealing with every day and you're not going to go have to go buy stuff and you're not going to go have to bring in new software or hardware you're going to have to look at how you as a person look at things and how you deal with people the 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 unbreakable order is people ideas and things can never you can never if you break that order you're in a lot of trouble so people ideas and things now to the model that you're talking about starting with the person, starting with the leader, starting with the entrepreneur. The adaptive, in the adaptive entrepreneurial model, the first thing that I have to accept is that the universe that I live in, the markets that I participate in, the, the, the traffic that I'm gonna be in all day, the family environment, everything is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Volatile means it changes quickly without prediction. 
uncertain is that I don't know. I can't predict the future with a crystal ball. It's impossible. Mm. And it also means that the things that, because of uncertainty, the things that I'm absolutely sure of might not be true. And I need to be, I need to be open to that. Complexity, the, the connectivity that we all have, amplified by the technology that we all have access to now, it's unparalleled. You know, how did you and I connect, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you interviewed a friend of mine, he called, you know, and then we got, we got connected. And then as soon as we started talking, what happened? We realized we're probably cousins, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, because, we're, you know, like those sorts of things, like the connectivity that people have, the interdependency is more than we, it's more than we know. An mm -hmm. example, I was going through my, uh, through the Denver airport with my daughter. She was getting recruited. She swims in college. And when she was getting recruited, we're out in Colorado. And I told her, I said, we're walking through this busy airport. And I guarantee it, there's people here that we know personally, but we just don't know they're here. And we're going to mm -hmm. probably walk right by them. And we're going to, I mean, that's how the, that's how the world works. It's very complex like that. And then the last thing is ambiguity. Ambiguity means that any given fact or any given thing is subject to multiple interpretations. Um, mm. you, know, you, you live in Chicago. And in Chicago, there's White Sox fans and there's Cubs fans. Well, there's only Cubs fans. But... Well, there's only, okay. So, so, so I went to Marquette where everybody was from Chicago. And, and if you're the Chicago kids were either one or the other, right? And for whatever reason, I wound up with all the Sox fans, right? So I like the Sox. But say me as someone who likes the White Sox and you as someone who likes the Cubs, we can go to a White Sox-Cubs interleague game and we're going to look at the exact same set of facts. Yeah. But because of our orientation as Cubs fans or Sox fans, we're going to look at the same set of facts and interpret them differently, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's a, that's a, Ambiguity is, is, exists everywhere because everybody's got a unique perception on what they see and what they interact with. So when you, when you round all that up as VUCA, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity, and you, you accept as a, as, a, as a human, you know what? That's the way it is. That's the way the world works. I can't eradicate that. I can't eliminate that. What I can do is look at it differently and see it as an advantage, not as an inhibitor. That's, mm. that's, what, uh, that's part, part one. I got you. Are you with me so far? No, 100%. I mean, you know, it, it, total sense in, in everything that I've been able to do right with different businesses. I've been in telecom, automotive and finance the last 15, 16 years. And it's interesting to kind of hear the process that you're going through and understand that there's tangible ways that I could connect to one of those areas, right? At any point in my life, mm. right? Or, or the part that I'm in, all right, use this to get through that, right? Uh, you know, if VUCA, then UDA, right? I, I love, I'm an acronym guy, as you said, you know, John the Bomb, building others means business. Uh, it's interesting, uh, you know, in businesses that I've been in, that's kind of always been my forte. I'll build others, right? Refer to others, network others, and all of a sudden I build myself, yeah. right? Uh, because it, it adds, you know, reciprocity into the world. The, the, the energy is there that business comes back to me either way, right? So it's interesting. So I love what you're saying. And this is the, and you're hitting on the really cool part of this, because as we get into this, you're going to see, and most, most successful entrepreneurs, most successful athletes, most successful X, right? Anything. Mm -hmm. A lot of this, they're going to say, well, wait a minute. I'm already, I'm, I'm, we're kind of doing this, or I'm already, I'm already doing this. And the answer to that is more than likely yes. And my, my other thesis is that when you become aware of how all this actually works and you understand how it differentiates you from people that don't see the world this way, that's your advantage. Mm -hmm. the, the, the VUCA, the, the, the chaos, the complexity, you know, the uncertainty, the volatility, that becomes your advantage. And that advantage for you is an inhibitor for your competition. And, and once you, so we get to the next thing here, we're going to show you how that how you develop that thought, how you train teams with that. And you, you mentioned the term UDA. UDA stand, the acronym UDA stands for observe, orient, decide, act. We're going to start with the second O, orient. And the concept here is orientation. I want you to think of orientation. I want you to think 
who you are, where you're from, where, what you've learned, what's your psychological state. Think of all your previous experiences. Think of how you, um, how you break things down analytically and how you put things together to create. Yeah, how do you put things together uh, synthetically to create something new that didn't previously exist, right? That's, that's what an entrepreneur does. Think of, think of your creative engines. Think of your, um, you know, everything that you've done and who you are factors in to how you perceive the world, right? So my, think, uh, I use this with, with Steve when we talk this a lot with groups, in your internal operating system, right? Technology mimics nature. Well, the technology that I have in my smartphone, it has an operating system that has to be updated, that has to be refined, that has to be adjusted, it has to be kept current or else what happens? What happens if I don't keep my internal operating system updated? Yeah, I mean, sluggish, you start not, you start missing opportunities, right? With new ways of doing things. You're not as crisp, right? It's not efficient, all that not type of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it, it, it could expose you to threats. It, mm -hmm. could, it could lead you to obsolescence or irrelevance. Uh, you're not going to be able to adapt. You're not going to be able to survive because your operating system is misaligned from the current reality. Your operating system is pre pre inhibiting you from seeing what actually is or, or coming up with better understanding of it. So orientation is you know, who we are, what we see, what's, what's speaking to you now, what's, what's hearing what I'm saying. Um, UDA is merely how orientation works. So my orientation shapes my observations. So my orientation as a White Sox fan is going to, we're going to look at the same game. My orientation as a White Sox fan is going to shape how I see it, which would be different how, how you see it, right? Um, orientation is also going to shape how I act automatically. There's certain things that I can just do because I've experienced it so many times. I'm able to just do them. Mm. The overall process of UDA linearly would be I observe, I process those observations through my, my orientation. I come up with a decision, which is just a hypothesis of what I think will happen. And then I act, which is nothing more than a test of that decision. And then a lot of people might have heard the term OODA loop. The loop is actually just the learning that comes back from what mm -hmm. I've done. And as, as things continue to change, and it goes back to the beginning where I'm constantly augmenting my orientation by what I see and what I learn from my decisions and actions. That's how entrepreneurs adjust. That's how creators create. That's how athletes outperform, right? They're constantly mm -hmm. making adjustments. They understand that, the game that they're in, the markets that they're in are VUCA. So I'm going to have to adjust how I see things to account for that change so that I can see opportunities before somebody else, so that I can see mismatches before somebody else, so that I can see a gap and fill it before a competitor does. Does that, does that resonate? Does that make sense? Totally, totally. Yeah. And go for CEO community. I mean, I, the last you know minute and a half, two minutes there, just really – Rewind that again and take some notes, right? Because <laughs> every single letter has a purpose, right? And, and when you talk about linear and then also trying to decipher that and what you do inside of each of those uh, opportunities, you know, you're growing, right? And then you got to take those actions, right? So it's interesting at the end, right? That, that you, the, the A is the action, right? Because ultimately you can learn all this stuff. If you're not implementing and acting on it, right? Knowledge without action is, is really nothing, right? So, but, and, and that's uh, what we have to have the bias for. We have to have a yeah. bias for action. We have to understand that when we act, the <clears> learning <throat> from that action, what, the feedback that we get, that can't stop. As soon as that stops, we're, we're in trouble. As soon as we stop learning, you know, another way to describe UDA, it's a, it's a framework or it's an understanding of how we learn as, as humans, as leaders, as entrepreneurs, as athletes. That's how we, we learn, we, we, we have our coding, right? We have our, our, uh, our internal operating system, which shapes how we interact with the world, which is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And then we as entrepreneurs, we as leaders, we as, um, we as athletes, we as Marines, doesn't matter. 
we look at the same set of facts differently than our competitors, our opponents, and the things that we see differently, the mismatches that are generated from that, that's where we apply our, 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 our business offerings. That's where we apply force. That's where we, um, that's where we attack them on the football field, right? We're looking for those sorts of mismatches before others do, before others do. I love it. So, you know, it, it's interesting, right, to keep on, you know, diving into those areas. And I'm sure, you know, the audience, right, sees all the books behind you. So you've obviously put more than 10,000 hours of just, you know, download and download and download and download, right? So let's let's transition just a little bit only because I really want to give uh, some, some area of focus too to AGLX. So yeah. you get this VUCA, Right. You, you were part of the uh, adaptive entrepreneur model. Right. You created it. You got this sense of it. You know, uh, you're in the wholesale business of financial world. Um, you know, how, how does AGLX come into your your mind? Or, and, and, you know, I was, you said you weren't one of the founders, but you're one of the partners. Mm -hmm. And uh, so to walk us through that, because a lot of people don't realize that you can go from intrapreneur to entrepreneur very quickly. Right. But if you sometimes don't have that entrepreneur mindset it really cripples you to become an entrepreneur uh, a lot of entrepreneurs that are that are naturally there or, or create ideas and, and you know buy businesses all that type of stuff right but i love that entrepreneur to entrepreneur which is kind of what steve and i talked about a lot of that entrepreneur side so walk us through what 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 brought you to aglx you know and, and what is that looking like right now who are the clients that you're working with those types of things so when great question so when um so I, I left uh, corporate America, you know, corporate asset management, uh, 1231 of, of uh, 21. And I took a year, I set my own LLC to do this uh, individually and took a lot of study time, a lot of deep reflection and going back over, you know, COVID, by the way, when COVID occurred, you know, a lot of people hooked on to the, uh, you know, Netflix binging and, and, and food binging. And, uh, I kind of did the opposite. So yeah, I would get anywhere from three to five hours of commuting a day that I was no longer doing. So I do distance swimming and I do barbell training. And then to your, to your point earlier, yeah, I do a lot of reading and studying and I've always been working on this theory that, you know, how can you help people thrive? And I thought that, you know, Wall Street or asset management was a really interesting place to do it because it's constantly changing. That's what I loved about it was that no two days were alike. Everything was constantly changing. I never, I didn't, you know, I worked re remote and out of my car visiting clients. So everything was in a constant state of flux and change, which I'm really comfortable in as a Marine. That's, that's our, mm -hmm. that's <clears throat> our home, so to speak. When I had found, so the CEO of AGLX, who's my uh, co-host on our podcast, No Way Out, uh, Brian Rivera, his uh, call sign's Ponch. He's a F-14 Tomcat guy. We connected, you know, over the years, we'd been in, sort of in the same kind of circle that are really pursuing these theories. And I should have said at the beginning that, you know, the theory of UDA come, was discovered by a uh, Air Force colonel by the name of John Boyd. And, and John Boyd was... Um, a, a globally renowned he's, he's a globally renowned strategist he passed away in 1997 but he's such a unique thinker um and the marine corps embraced him as one of their own to uh redo their warfighting doctrine so he's very influential uh he's very influential on that when i when i linked up with Ponch years ago you know we kind of met on the same intellectual plane right like we're, we we believe the same things and he has some really fascinating takes that um you know, I'm a liberal arts guy, right? I'm a bachelor of arts in history and I have a, a master's in economics, but he integrated a lot. He woke me up to a lot of the science stuff, a lot of the neuroscience, a lot of the things that uh, that are going on in the mind and the brain with all of what we just what we just talked about, you know, not the not the verbal sort of cognitive understanding of it, but like what's actually systematically happening inside your brain um, when you're doing this, when you're making decisions, you're interacting with others, et cetera. So in that sort of almost year of reflection and really thinking of what, what I wanted to do next, 
uh, I knew I wanted to be a teacher of this. I knew I wanted to be a, a consultant. And as a Marine, it's so much better to do things with teams. We were not really lone wolves. So to join on with a group, um, we're all, we're all veterans. Um, we have, we have, a, we have a group here in America and then we have a group, uh, in Asia Pacific mm. and we're, uh, mm. we're vets and, you know, we're not really selling like, Hey, we learned this in the military. It's awesome. And you should do it too, because the military is right about everything. It's, it's absolutely not that <laughs> it's, it's more like, you know, we learned a lot in the military about these things and we've continued down paths of research and integrating things that had nothing to do with the military to help inform our own understanding of how we operate in complexity. And we can in turn help leaders in their organizations by showing them what we've learned and at the same time continue to learn because again, everything is always changing. Um, none of it's really, none of it's really set in stone. But everybody, you know, if you look at our website, you know, it's confidence and complexity. Mm -hmm. That's our, that's our home. You know, that's our, that's where we're really comfortable. If there's no, if there's no, I always say, if there's no chaos, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not comfy. And, you know, I have four teenagers. So, uh, and I'm married to a nurse who's also phenomenal <laughs> at everything we talked about. The same exact thing applies to nurses and man, they're phenomenal at this stuff. Oh yeah. So yeah, well, well, welcome to chaos, four kids and a, and a nurse for a spouse, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, you got the Latino side, you got this other mixes, right? So it's, uh, it's incredible. Well, I, I'll tell you, I mean, I think one of the, the, the ways that we can kind of transition there is, you know, what are some of the ways that when you first initiate contact with a potential client that you're doing? So give us a little bit of the, maybe the infrastructure steps, right? Do you do some discovery meetings? Um, do you jump into learning about that organization's processes and things like what is it that you actually do to then create, you know, a, a mechanism of client, you know, um, producer relationship, right, from an AGLX perspective? A lot of it comes from networking, right? A lot of it comes from um, a lot of those discovery meetings really come from 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 networking. I think for, you know, for me personally, it's 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 trying to display empathy, right? To try to get a, a good understanding of what actually is going on uh, and who are the people involved. I, I spent time in the Marines uh, two years as a liaison officer. And a liaison officer is someone that represents one agency and goes to another hmm. uh, in sort of a, of a partnership format. Um, I, I approached my job wholesaling the same way. I saw myself as a liaison officer and I, and I would try to integrate into the into the advisory businesses of, of those who I was trying to help. And that was always the goal is like, I'm going to help you make you better from the inside out with what I've learned. Um, and some would give me the Heisman and say, I'm, I'm smarter than you. I've been in this business for 40 years. There's nothing you can teach me. And anything the military did is not better than what I learned at whatever Ivy League college. And I, you know, like some people might get really upset about that. I didn't, I just like moved to the next person. I think in those engagements, you have to have a lot of empathy and try to figure out like what's what's actually going on. What are, what are people actually trying to uh, accomplish? The the deep part of it, the profound part of it, I think, is really discussing leadership, the quality, not leadership, the position, and mm -hmm. showing that everybody in an organization displays leadership to a quality leadership the quality to some extent and if you can help them get better at that as they interact with other other people that's going to create a lot more speed for organizations than speed and as you know is critical for for an entrepreneur so yeah that discovery process is kind of seeing like where are they at and in in most cases especially if if, if everybody's done well or they're doing well. And it's usually people, by the way, that are good at something that want to get better, right? Who seeks mm -hmm. out, who seeks out coaching, right? You, you can't, you know, we like Ackermans, uh, K-I-T-A, right? The, the know-it-all, <laughs> you can't, you can't teach them anything, right? Yeah. They, they don't want to learn. And that's, um, they move on, you know? And then you say to yourself, I'd love to be their competitor, you know, I, or, you know, I'm going to, to help your competitors see what you don't 
and 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 when when that opportunity comes they're going to do really uh they're going to do better but that's you know i guess that's the other thing too when you know when you're when you when you're coming from a military background one of the hardest things even in almost 20 years of being out of the military it's just really understanding that leadership, the quality is not taught the way it is in an organization. Like you mentioned the SEALs too, and, you know, things, groups like that, you know, leadership is a quality. Mm -hmm. That's, that's critical. I love that's, it. That's, that's really critical. Yeah. It's, it's such a, a great mindset, right? Uh, you know, go for CEO was birthed out of driven by mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Go, you know, I got goosebumps real quick when you talked about every position in an organization is a leader, right? Yeah. Um, I've always, thought, and that's kind of the birth of Go for CEO. It's not really that you be that you are a CEO, right? And which is awesome, you can be, right? Uh, but it's more of a a challenge that everybody at every position. When I got into finance in the banking world, you know, I, you know, at at a branch level on the retail side. Um, you know, I would I would challenge the tellers that had interactions with clients coming into the branches, right? Look, you know, you own this position, right? You know, the banker, then the business banker, the commercial guy, right? The 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 treasure manager, whatever, all that type of stuff. And it's been interesting, right? Because that's the that's the the mantra of, you know, can you go for CEO, right? Can you be the CEO of your life? Have a mantra and and go and be a leader. So. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, so you, you, you start and, to discover. And, and can I add on that? Yeah, can, yeah, please. So, so everything that you just said that, and this is another part of, of, of engaging with leaders and in, in teams is once everybody on the team understands that. And once everybody on the team understands, say, for example, the process of UDA, right? We're talking about decision-making when everybody understands the purpose of why an organization exists or why a business exists, the why, you know, the value that you're creating and the what, the mission that has to get done when everybody owns that, that's when the leadership as a quality really comes out. And the, the leaders, the entrepreneurs, the CEOs, they actually can be faster uh, as their organization has, you know, the decentralized sort of decision-making where everybody takes ownership of what has to happen. So as you talk about a bank, what needed to happen happens at the teller level. The teller doesn't have to ask the, the manager. The manager doesn't have to ask the supervisor. The supervisor doesn't have to ask the, you know, the branch manager. The branch manager doesn't have to ask the regional. You know what I mean? So much of that happens. And, and then the person that you're creating value for, what are they left with? Is they're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and then they get the answer and it comes back and comes back and comes back. And when in a in a decentralized model where everybody has ownership of uh, of what has to happen, that's the third part, by the way, of the adaptive entrepreneurial model, the 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 the, the purpose driven actions of creating value for the people that we're creating value for. When when the leadership at a quality is so as a quality is so profound, the lowest person in the organization can handle things. It's not that we don't know about it, right? Because the information uh, you want it to, to, to flow back, but that makes you quicker because when your competitors don't, don't have decentralized organization where everything is centralized and everything has to approve by one person that has makes all the decisions for the whole company as if they could completely understand everybody's perspective and we know that's impossible because of VUCA that leader that entrepreneur that hoards all the information that makes all the decisions themselves they have no control over things they think they do but they mm -hmm. but they they really don't they become a single point of failure and it gets to the point where if I'm the only person that can make all the decisions is if I could see everything all that's going to do is degrade the organization over time and make it and make it slower that's not adaptive that's that's not that's not learning um yeah <laughs> you, you made me think of something too right uh you know when you go from employee to, entre to entrepreneur which is really a solopreneur at the beginning right the only way you jump over to business owner which is where you have a team is to do exactly that right is decentralize you know and obviously there's chain of command and all that good stuff but it's interesting to kind of understand why there's so many small to medium-sized businesses and this channel caters to the go for co community 
but why we challenge a solopreneur to become a business owner by having that type of scenario, right? Where they understand VUCA and UDA and then create a process, right? To then jump over to the business owner side. I know cash flow quadrants from uh, Robert Kiyosaki talks about it in, in a very cool way, right? So awesome, brother. Well, and, look, and, by, and by the way, I'm going to point out that Robert Kiyosaki is a United States Marine. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and he's also a naval aviator. And and he's it's an example of a tremendous mind that can work with... Uh, <laughs> volatile on certain complex, ambiguous environments and come up with very original thinking. So oh, I love it. I love that. <laughs> so, so look, you know, you, you, you take this journey, right. Um, in the wholesale world and the financial world, you, you know, you had the military experience, you, you then jump in and at the end of 2021, you make that decision to the, now go step in from entrepreneur to entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been a year, right. Um, and, and now you're a partner, uh, you know, what are some things that you're doing to be able to create value inside of the organization of like when the client meets with you, um, what kind of tools are you guys implementing? Obviously from these parts, right? Then how is, how are uh, companies changing, uh, creating more volume and generating more revenue, those types of things? Yeah. So if you look at our website, you'll see that a big part of it is, you know, a lot of the things that we've talked about, right? Like helping yeah. people adapt, tr training leaders, training leadership to quality. Um, the other big part of it's the, uh, the flow system. And, and Brian Rivera, who is uh, the CEO of our, of our group, he's one, the co-author with uh, John Turner and Nigel uh, Thurlow of The Flow System. And the flow system is a, uh, it's a three-pillared approach that it's, it's customer first, custom, customers to focus, creating value for the, the customers to focus. Um, it's rooted in the Toyota way and the Toyota production system. That's sort of the, the foundation, which by the way, back to John Boyd, that was a big thing that he studied, uh, the Japanese way of doing business, specifically the Toyota production system uh, and the Toyota way. And then the three pillars are a lot of what we discussed already complexity thinking, distributed leadership, and, and team science. When ultimately, when we train and, and interact with people to get them to understand sort of the, the tenets of that, of which Uda's one and, and some other things that we've talk, talked about, mm -hmm. the ultimate goal is flow. <laughs> mm -hmm. You move with, the, move, with the, move with the flow. VUCA can be a flow for you, um, if you look at it, look at it differently. And that's ultimately what we're, uh, what we're trying to do. Um, but rooted in, you know, not, not just rooted in the military, but rooted in a lot of, uh, you know, cognitive science, cognitive psychology, neuroscience. Um, if you're familiar with the Kinevin framework by, by Dave Snowden, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a big part of, uh, he's on episode two of our podcast. Um, that's a big part. It's teamwork. Team, team quality, um, it can, you know, building culture really. And think about when you build a culture, clients want to be a part of it. Customers want to mm -hmm. be a part of it. People want to be a part of it to run, you know, run the organization. I just got back from uh, Quantico, Virginia. One of my, uh, one of my best friends got promoted and, you know, I've been out for almost 20 years, but the bond that we have from that culture and all the people that I've got to, I, you know, I spent the night at a former commander's house, you know, just the, that, that's, that's the kind of culture that doesn't have to be unique to the Marines. You can make that yourself in your own, your own venture, whatever it is, where people are, uh, where people are connected that way. And that's, it's, I don't know, part of me thinks that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, you're making me think uh, there's a competitor, a buddy of mine, he's a former Marine, uh, runs a, he's one of the guys at uh, PHP, it's uh, an insurance mm -hmm. agency. And, um, you know, he, he, I saw him move from our, our organization because I have a financial uh, agency as well. And, um, and and you could see the energy and the connectedness that that organization has because they talk about, the, you know, minorities running that business. Uh, women uh, is, a, is a big part of their organization, right? So they have a larger percentage of minority, a larger percentage of women uh, that weren't really in the financial services industry. 
if you take the old curmudgeon 55 to 65 year old white males, right, that are, that are mm. in financial services typically, um, and, and the culture that they built. Uh, so it's really interesting. Um, and I've seen it from afar. He's a buddy of mine. And, you know, we talked about Patrick Bed David and some of the things he's done with value tainment and all that stuff. So yeah. he's a veteran too. He's yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's an army yeah. guy. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> Uh, makes me think of the, the, the there is, you know, I, I don't even if I want to go, but the one regret I do have is being an only child, kind of being a mama's boy when I was younger. <laughs> I was entrepreneur at 19 and, and young, but I, I missed out on, on that military. It's probably the one thing I'll go to my resting place uh, wishing I would have done, right? So well, being a part of that, that community. So oh, I appreciate that. And I would say that, you know, one of the things that we do and one of the things that I do is, is show people, hey, the, these principles that you can access all the stuff online. Mm-hmm. You know, I, one thing I do, if you look at the, uh, it's called war fighting. Anybody can Google this, this, and you can put it on the show notes. You know, this is a, uh, a PDF of the Marine Corps prime codex of thinking. It's called Marine Corps doctrinal publication. Number one war fighting. And it's a way of thinking about everything. We just talked about volatility, un- uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity, in the context of war fighting. Now I've sat down with many people from many different backgrounds, from many different industries that have not spent one day in the military. And we go through that publication. It's not very big, it's not mm-hmm. big at all. We cross out war fighting and we put ice hockey. We cross out enemy and we put other team and we cross out, um, you know, offense and defense. And we can put in, I don't know, manufacturing. I mean, you know, there's, yeah. The, the, the transferability is perfect. And I tell people, look, your tax dollars pay for this stuff. It's all online for free, <laughs> you know, and this is what your, this is what your Marine Corps has done over the years of coming up and doing this thinking and, and sharing um, how we think about chaos and how we operate, how we operate in it. That was one of my big appeals to uh, coming over with, with AGLX, because again, they've, they've done a really good job of showing how, what you learned is easily translatable to um, to businesses that we, you know, by and large have people that were never in the military. Mm-hmm. And when you think about like, you know, compl- so the three pillars, you know, complexity thinking, and many, everything goes first to the customer, right? Everything goes to the the client, the client value. That's that's the that's the primary uh, that's the primary um, um, that's the primary aim, right? To serve. Um, I mentioned that it's founded on what Boyd was studying himself, the Toyota way, um, constantly getting better, right? Continuous improvement. You could see why the Marines would, would study the Toyota way, right? Constant improvement. And then with the customer first respect for each other, working in, in teams as your foundational culture, you executed in those three pil- pillars, complexity thinking. We talked about VUCA. You get people comfortable with that. You get them to see that we're all complex adaptive systems. We're mm-hmm. all operating daily in nonlinear and, and chaotic environments. And there's ways of thinking like understanding UDA and understanding the Kinevin framework that will help us make better sense of all the complexity that we're dealing with. The distributed leadership, we were talking a little bit about that. The environment should be such that everybody, everybody leads, everybody has leadership to quality. And I, as the, I, as the entrepreneur, the CEO, I've created an environment where feedback is welcome, where we solicit feedback from every perspective. You were talking about, um, you know, various, various groups that, that create diversity inside an organization. The, 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 the value is the perspectives that we gain that we wouldn't have considered before. And we have to have an environment that's safe for people to talk about what they saw, because that perspective is going to help me as a leader, uh, make better decisions. That's going to make the organization uh, faster. So we do a lot with the after action reports, you know, like Mm -hmm. after action reviews and the power of uh, the power of debriefing, because what that promotes is active learning. And if an organization is not learning, if a leader's not learning, they're not adapting. And if they're not adapting, they're, they're, uh, they're dying. Um, We do a lot with mapping. So like visualizing, like, what do we want to have happen um people should look up uh wardley maps wardley mapping is a big part of uh of that and then the team science you know it all centers around again people ideas and things 
people want to work with other people. We're social, we're social mm-hmm. beings. The more that we understand how people can um, um, improve that interaction with each other, then the more that we can do. I loved being a, a solo consultant. It was fun. I learned a lot. I gave a lot of great talks and did things. But being in a team environment for me is better because I get checks and balances. I get, I get um, uh, feedback on what I did. I get to contribute feedback. You know? So we're constantly, we're constantly learning from, from each other. You know, how we design teams, um, the concept of um, red teaming is you know, it's not popular in business sometimes, but it's taking a devil's advocate approach to uh, something that we're trying to accomplish because that feedback that I could have gotten from an opposing view might help me refine, might give me a perspective that I had not yet considered, and it might help me refine what I want to do going forward. And that's the, you know, that's again, part of the, part of the team science, you know, it's, it's, it's encouraging interaction and debate. That's never against the person, right? If you, if you, Mm -hmm. we're, if we're doing feedback and you're making a personal comment at me, that, that, that's not appropriate, right? That you can't have that. And you also can't influence unduly with your rank. So when you're doing this, you leave your rank and your emotion outside and you get more, you get more feedback, you solicit more ideas, you gain more perspectives that you wouldn't have gotten. And that could help entrepreneurs and leaders uncover blind spots that they're not considering. You put all that together and you're, you're working towards flow and you're using VUCA that, you know, the ups and downs, the waves of VUCA, now you're surfing it, right? Now you have a, a surfboard and you've got a knowledge base and not just knowledge, you've got an understanding base that that's an advantage and you can make that a disadvantage. You see that as a disadvantage for your competitors. You can um, build on that and get faster and faster and better and better. But could go on for hours about that. <laughs> No, hey, look, uh, you know, I've said it many times on this channel, and I learned it from a a great, wise mentor of mine named Greg Cap. You know, things are caught, not taught. Yeah. Uh, And and what you just said right now, actually, I have a Tuesday meeting with a a team that we're getting together, and uh, you just actually uh, popped something in my head. I'm like, man, I got to write that down as soon as we're, we're done here, because that is exactly one of the challenges that we're having in this team. Uh, and, and I think that productive feedback and no matter the, the, the VPs, the SVPs, whatever they're getting together, um, you know, leaving that aside and giving that true context feedback so that we can have an incredible 2023. So appreciate that, man. I I just, I just caught something there that uh, I'm going to use for Tuesday. So, so Mark, you know, one of the, one of the ways that we, you know, kind of, uh, uh, end our, our podcast is to be able to share the CEO side of things, right? So with AGLX and the things that you've done, you know, there's C is client experience. E is yeah. for engagement. You know, how do others, uh, vendors, people that you work with, you know, subordinates, you know, leaders, how, how do they engage with you? And what's the, what's the magic behind that? And then O is for operational excellence for CEO. So, so for client experiences, you know, 30 seconds, a minute or so, you know, what, what's kind of the high level and you touched on so many different things, but if you could bring it into one area, why, when they go to do business with you and AGLX, you know, at this point, what, what is the client experience at the very top of the house, you know, that you could deliver to someone if they're watching this? Great question. I think it's, um, you know, what we talked earlier about empathy, right? Of gaining, gaining an understanding of what's truly going on, not, not violating the order of people, ideas, and things. And the the people that we interact with, um, you know, this is all human centered. Everything that we're, we're about is, is, uh, is human centered. You know, the flow system is human centered and adaptive strategy. It's human centered because like John Boyd would teach us, you know, most of what you've heard the term too, I think it was Bobby Jones that said the game of golf is played between the six, mm-hmm. the six inches between your, your ears. You know, that's really what it comes down to mindset. And I think that what people would find is that you know, you, you, when you gain a shared understanding of what's going on, and then you're able to offer perspectives that are going to in turn help them become better versions of themselves, help them, help them improve um, without 
flipping the world upside down because again most successful organizations are, are are doing these things to a to a part but um you know i think it would be you know it's like a trusted advisory experience again i go back to my time as a liaison officer you become part of that organization to an extent and you're you're helping you're teaching i mean it's really a teaching thing you know I, the word consulting i don't i don't i prefer teaching mm -hmm. i think that teaching and learning is a better uh is a better thing. So I think that it's, a, you know, there's a, there's a teaching component of it. There's a massive learning component because without the learning, we don't, uh, we don't adapt. So. Well, I appreciate the, you know, yeah. you breaking that down for us. Um, so, oh, and, I, oh, and, I, and I would add this too. So as you know, I mean, I, I have, a, I'm the, I'm the, you know, the quote unquote, uh, new guy of the partners, but you know, we've developed and launched, uh, Brian Rivera and I have developed and launched uh, our podcast, No Way Out is the mm -hmm. title. And it's another methodology of how we engage. And the idea behind that is kind of like we're doing now is if, you know, people are listening into a conversation between two thinkers or a conversation between two leaders or a conversation of a team and they get to listen in and uh, take notes. Um, that's the goal to create a a learning conversation of that podcast versus, you know, kind of like we have here, you know, versus a, uh, a structured tennis match, you know, of like question one, answer question two, answer. Um, and you, you know, you're doing that too. No, I appreciate but, it. Yeah. You know, I think the key is learning. I think that the, the key is learning and sharing, um, and, and helping promote understanding of the, of the various things that we talk about with, you know, the flow system and, and UDA and other things. I have a buddy of mine that just popped in my head. He, he ends every conversation with ever forward. So uh, it's really neat. It's a, it's like a, you know, when he shares a, a, a speech or he's talking to you and it's interesting, he always ends it with ever forward, right? So mm -hmm. it's uh, really cool. I, I had him on a podcast. Uh, well, awesome. So E is engagement, right? Uh, when you think about Mark and your life and, and your family and the people that you work with and, Brian, you're doing this No Way Out podcast. Like, what's one of the top reasons that people like to engage with you? Well, I think I, I try to be a good team player. I try to be a good listener. Um, you know, I, I, I sometimes I talk too much, I guess. <laughs> like, we, we get going. Um, I think that I'll, I'll give you an example. So I was the other day with uh, a buddy of mine who was my former commander, you know, I'd always tell him what he needed to hear, not necessarily what he wanted to hear, mm. but you tell him, you tell him what he, what he needed to hear. And I learned that at a very early age from, uh, another, um, military officers in the army. He said, that's the, the critical component is telling people what they need to hear, not what they, not what they want to hear, because what they need to hear, if, if it's connected to the reality of the situation, that's what's going to help them learn and help them adapt. Um, that was actually my my papa that taught me that. <laughs> yeah. no, that's so, awesome. Another uh, uh, Puerto Rican-American military veteran there. But um, yeah, that's the difference. You tell people what they need to hear. Yeah, you do it in a respectful, you know, uh, understanding way. Um, yeah. But I, th I think, too, that people would find when they, you know, like for me personally, they engage with me. You know, I was born an army brat. I lived all over the world. You know, I have a, I have a very eclectic uh, makeup, you know, Irish, Puerto Rican, and, and a handful of other things um, of parents that were born in New York City. And I was born in Kentucky, and I lived in Germany. And then I went away to college. I went to high school in Pittsburgh, went away to college at Milwaukee, at Marquette, and you know, served all around the world in the Marines. So, so like, I feel like I've had this really eclectic upbringing from a very eclectic, you know, sort of genetic mix from my, from my, from my parents. Um, and, and offering people other perspectives that are uh, differentiated and might, might be something different than somebody that works directly for them or whatever. It might um, give them a, give them a different, a different view. Uh, it's, I mean, well, it's important, right? I mean, the, the seeds that were planted for many decades there uh, have arrived right where you are, who you are and, and why people engage. I mean, 
our first connection was just on a text and yeah some we got on a phone we've connected and you know obviously we we had a few weeks here to to set up the t- date for the podcast but uh there's been little things that we've kind of planted right and we're like man this is a good connection right we're we're mm-hmm. going to stay connected for a long time so last one is operations right so and, and that can mean many different things you you yeah. hinted you know you've put together already throughout this podcast different things that you you know operate in when you meet with clients and stuff but and any high level things that you want to share from an entrepreneurial perspective or or that you do on a daily basis that help you operate your business well i think i think it goes back to the adaptive entrepreneurial model which you can put on the show notes and share with everybody, you know, to use that as a framework, that's going to help improve their operations and literally everything they do, business life, et cetera. Because if I understand that the nature of the universe is always going to be volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, and I have to orient to that, and I have to understand how I orient, and I have to understand what my orientation actually is and how my orientation shapes how I see things. And then I marry that with a very crystal clear intent what has to happen and why and everybody on my team that understands that that's all I have to tell them I don't have to show them how to do anything they can figure it out I think that operationally people would find that they're going to get a lot more speed Um, they're going to witness a lot more harmony um, amongst their people they're going to witness a lot more uh, initiative people are going to you know not do the wrong thing without asking they're going to do the right thing without asking because they're going to have an understanding of what has to happen um, and then I think the, fl- the, you know, the flow of information that advances the, the learning that empowers everybody in the, in the system, in the, in the organization to learn as they go, that's going to make them more adaptable. Everything operationally will smooth out or, or at least be smoother than it, than it currently is. And here's the best news. These things are simple. Unfortunately, you got to do the work. I mean, you have to actually do the work, and that's that's why we're in business. We can we can help we can help people see that. Um, but once you get it and you understand it, it's gonna it's gonna the improvement that comes from that. You know, that's the goal: the, the constant improvement of creating value for the people that we're serving. That framework, um, it you know, it's a it's a pretty reasonably simple map. It's not rocket science. Mm. And like I said, it's simple, but not easy. But it's, I think, it, I, I know it's effective because it's a, it's a restatement of what we were taught as, uh, as leaders to prepare us for those types of you know, warfighting environments. But business is the same. It's the same, the same principles. To pull the principles out and apply them, that, that's going to improve. Uh, I think that that would improve operational excellence. I love it. I love it, yeah. man. Well, you you dropped a ton of knowledge, Mark. And, uh, <laughs> super appreciative and looking forward to, uh, you know, collaborating and doing some things in the future here. So what are some ways that people can reach out to you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, be on LinkedIn or what have you, you know, where, where are you accessible and, and how can, you know, really founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, you know, yep. get a hold of you to be a part of the possible journey with AGLX and what you're doing? So a couple of ways. Great question. So so one would be LinkedIn. I'm I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Mark J. McGrath, Columbus, Ohio. You can follow me on LinkedIn. I put everything I post. If you go on my profile and hit posts, you're going to see a lot of what we talked about, uh, you know, hopefully lucidly and clearly. So I'm trying to always improve my writing, but um, that's a very that's a very simple way to follow myself. Uh, and then my co-host on the No Way Out podcast is Brian Pontrevera, and he puts out a lot of stuff too on complexity thinking, and you can link to his TED Talks and things like that. Um, then this number two would be our podcast. So wherever you uh, digest podcasts, be it Apple, Spotify, wherever, uh, it's called No Way Out. Um, we've never done a podcast explaining the title, but it was a, it was a working title for a brief of John Boyd, and it's dedicated to... Uh, the memory of John Boyd and advancing and developing his theories, all of which we've been talking about. Um, so the podcast can be downloaded. Um, we've had, we, it's fairly new. So we've released four so far. We have a lot recorded coming out. We're at the pace of one a week right now. So as we improve that, you'll see more, but I think that you're also going to find that there's a diversity of thinkers. So um, we just had a phenomenal conversation yesterday with a, uh, with a, a very well-known uh, neuroscientist, and she talks a lot about the brain and diet that helps the brain. Um, and she's also a very uh, 
fan, big fan of John Boyd and his theory. So it's really an interesting conversation. Um, that's number two. Number three is the flow guide. So if you go to uh, flowguides.org, you can see the flow system. Um, there's a web version you can download as a PDF. And it gives you an overview of one of the things that we do as a team at AGLX. And a lot of what we teach and a lot of it there is what we were talking about. So those are uh, those are three simple ways. Follow us on LinkedIn, um, download the podcast, and uh, check out flowguides.org. And we have it in multiple languages, too. So the, uh, there is a, a version in Espanol that's pretty, yeah. uh, that's pretty good. Nice, nice. So. Awesome, brother. Well, hey, super excited. And go for CEO community. You know, leave some comments, like this video, share it with your audiences. Mark is a wealth of knowledge and what he's doing at AGLX, what he's done before and the experiences that they have. And you just heard some of the great ways to be able to connect with him and move forward. So thank you, Mark. Super appreciative of your time. And uh, we'll have you back.